want my two dollars! Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. I am so excited to have episode number two, and I have a really special guest. I was so excited that she agreed to come on the show. We had met over a t-shirt, but I knew who she was by her reputation. She is ranked currently, (laughs) according to the IFPA website that I just checked, number two in the world. And she is the tournament director for Babes in Pinland from Seattle, Washington. I have Miss Maureen Hendricks. Yay! Hi, hi Lauren. Thanks for having me on. Again, um, thanks. Yeah, for we being did. Here. We did indeed meet uh, over a T-shirt. I saw the the Sea Witch League shirt that um, that you posted on the Bells and Chimes Worldwide page, and I was like, I have to have that. That looks so cool. The girl who does our graphic design, her name's Regina Morales, and I've had some people ask me about my logo, and and she's amazing, and I try to give her some props and she's on Instagram as hello reg. Um, but we, when we got together and she did the original logo for the Lee kind of jazzed it up. And I was like, we have to do something with a game. And the first one has to be sea witch. And she, she's, I sent her the artwork. She's like, Oh, I can make this work. <laughs> yeah. And when I put not, it out not there, a stretch to make it look super yeah, cool. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, there's a really cool poster she did for me. Cause I was like, I'd like this to be a poster. And she, I'll have to send you a picture. Cause it's actually really cool. It's like on a black background and stuff. I have it in my office. I'm like, everybody comes by and they're like, sea witch. I'm like, don't ask any questions. It's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock until you try it. Yeah, exactly. But we had, again, we'd met over the t-shirt and I, and I knew who you were. I was like, oh my goodness. And when I started the podcast, I was like, I have to have Maureen on. Uh, I know that you're really involved with the pinball scene, not only in the Pacific Northwest, but um, you're also a, a major player within the, the women's bracket. So again, thanks for coming on the show today. And to for the people who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the hobby of pinball, and then uh, tell us a little bit about Babes in Pinland? Sure. Um, I started playing pinball, uh, it'll be three years in September, which feels simultaneously super short and incredibly long. Um, I found it more or less by accident as far as the Seattle scene as it currently is. Um, My husband at the time was working in a cafe with someone else who's in the scene and she had been like asking us over a few, a few months to come out with her to um, one of the local arcades that was near where they work. Uh, it's called Attaball. It's one of my favorites, and it's where we have Babes in Penland every every month. But um, the vibe is kind of like your cool uncle's basement. <laughs> it's got, like, um, every room is slightly different and weird. Uh, there's, like, a velvet painting of uh, a cat. Oh, that's um, perfect. There's, 
there's like forest wallpaper in the back room where they've painted in um, scenes from Star Wars where there's like the speeder chase through the woods. Um, it's just like all these little details that come together to make it a super fun place to hang out and play. Um, there's all these different nooks and crannies with games in it. So just from the get-go, I was like, this is wacky and wild, and I had no idea that, that like arcades with um, that were bars were a thing. And I have a distinct memory of her uh, setting me up on Medieval Madness, just saying, hit the castle. I was like, wait, you can aim? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely, she had to teach me not to double flip. That's so hard to break. Um, My brain was just not ready for it. Um, But I was absolutely enthralled. I remember playing uh, Adam's Family and Radical, I don't know if you've ever played Radical. I have but not it's, played Radical. It's, it's super hilarious. It's um, the sequel to Skateball, which is a solid state. Yeah, I've seen Skateball. I've played that one. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it came out quite a bit later on, and um, there's a couple of spinners that every time you rip a spinner, it has like this sick guitar riff. Um, oh, nice. And uh, when your lock is ready, it goes skate or die. And then it does sort of like a snake animation on the, um, the DMD. It's great. Oh, that <laughs> Highly cool. recommend it if you have a chance to play it. But like, it was clearly a very memorable first experience with like a modern arcade. But, um, I mean, I played pinball as a kid. There were, for some reason, two, uh, Gottlieb, like mid 1970s, EMs in the church basement when I was growing up. Um, <laughs> That's random. <laughs> right? Like, in hindsight, it was like, why? This is so bizarre. It was like we had a, a really beat-up air hockey table and then these two EMs in the corner. And all of us kids knew where the free credit... It, someone had <laughs> wired a free credit button on the bottom. Um, so we would just play uh, just whenever. Um, That's the best. But, like... I sort of when that was no longer part of my life, it was just like I had never thought of pinball after that. It was just sort of like this fun game that I didn't think still existed, like especially not out in the wild. Um, I didn't really have an experience with arcades as a kid either because they'd sort of fallen out of fashion by right. that point. Um, and then I was dating a guy Gosh, that must have been like six years ago now. And I saw on his coffee table the Skillshot pinball zine. Mm -hmm. They've been publishing for a long, long time. I highly recommend checking them out on um, their Facebook page. has a lot of stuff, but they've got their own website. It's skill-shot.com, I think. But they are sort of the, the hub of Seattle's pinball scene. They have a list of every location and what games they have on a map. Um, nice. They they publish a quarterly zine. Um, it used to be um, very, uh, I guess, zine-like. Um, it's it's transitioned into a new phase of its life where it's glossy, it's full color. Um, it's professionally bound, but for a long time it was like the super long sheet of paper that we would have folding parties to um, sort of condense into their 
pocket size. Um, and Brad and Gordon put that together and there is an extended team. Um, Kaylee Greet and Nosebleed and Andrew, they all, um, put in so much time and effort, uh, as like a volunteer thing to make this thing happen. And it's, um, the art is really eye catching. They use art from various back glasses as the covers. And, um, the, the meat of the zine is the local news and gossip. Um, and then recently they, because of the amount of space they have in the new format, um, they've been introducing some fun features, including, um, interviews with, um, professionals in the industry. Oh, wow. Uh, there's now a pinball themed crossword puzzle in the back of them. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, it's super great. <laughs> but, um, I remember seeing that just at this guy's house and I was like, wait, what? There's a, not only is there pinball, people play it competitively and there's a lot of people that do that. <laughs> um, it just sort of blew my mind. And, um, Unfortunately, this particular guy was not the best ambassador to the hobby. Uh, I just, I left, like, we went out once to an arcade and it felt very much like a, like a bro fest. Oh, I was no. like, I don't know, I don't know if this is my, I don't know if this is my scene and just sort of well, um, put yeah. it from my mind until, until three years ago. Um, and my first tournament was Babes in Pinland, my first three tournaments Actually, it took a while to build up the the, co- the self confidence to compete in a in an open event. Um, but Babes in Pinland was my first impression of the competitive scene, and um, I was absolutely blown away. Seattle's got kind of a reputation for being hard to make friends, and um, it was right at a time in my life where I'd I'd been working nights as a bartender and I had fallen out of touch with all of my friends or not all of most of my friends right. that were in the um I was pretty active in the swing and blues dancing scene in Seattle and Oh how fun. Yeah. Um when I started to go back after leaving that job and working like a regular nine to five, it enough of the people that I wanted to hang out with and see like had drifted away from the scene. Right that it didn't feel quite like my, my people anymore. And so I, it was right at this time in my life when I was looking for new, like a new group and to try new things and to get over my fear of being bad at stuff. <laughs> Cause you just have to be, there's no way around it. When you start pinball, you just kind of have to be bad at it when you start. Right. Um, <laughs> no no I totally so, get it <laughs> yeah so like starting to compete in pinball was sort of like a dare to myself of like you can you can do this and look foolish and it's going to be fine and you're going to meet some nice people and um, I sure did I uh, I won I think one game we, we do a three strike knockout tournament I won one of my matches and lost the, the other three pretty quickly um but almost every time, and it was the weirdest thing. I mean, it's not weird in hindsight, but at the time I was like, but we're competing. Um, my opponents would 
like offer to teach me how to play the game. Because yeah. I was up front. I was like, I've never played in a tournament before. I don't know what I'm doing. And they were just the nicest people. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, every... Um, woman in babes who like I've known the longest I have a distinct memory of the first time I played them and like what skill they taught me um like Alexa Philbeck at one point I think this was my second or third tournament ever she um we, were, we played on uh Bride of Pimbot and there's a shot where when it comes out of the pops it feeds really nicely to a dead pass right. from the right flipper to the left. I was still very much in a phase of my learning where I was like, must flip. I have to flip. If the ball is near my flipper, I'm going to flip it. <laughs> I don't know there. how to not flip. Yeah. Um, and she's like, okay, we're going to play another game after she knocked me out of the tournament. She was like, we're going to play another game and you're not going to flip. And I was like, okay, I promise. And the first time I, I, I super flipped, but uh, second time, she's like, just take your hands off the flipper. Like, put it in your pocket, put it somewhere else. Have your left hand ready. And that was the first time it really... So, um... Yeah, that's what Babes was to me when I started. It was like this this wonderful like, impossible group of awesome ladies who like, had all this cool knowledge about pinball and wanted nothing more than to share it with people. No, I, I completely understand that. I mean, I talked about that in the last episode, and that's what inspired me to open or, you know, start a Bell's chapter was the, the camaraderie and just the the general vibe of openness and just support from playing with a group of women. And I'm, I'm not knocking the, the open tournament or co-ed scene. I'm, I'm very lucky in the scene I'm in. But it was just a different vibe, and I really enjoyed it. And, and I completely understand what you're saying about babes. So that, mm -hmm. that's super awesome. So how did you get wrangled into doing the TD thing? <laughs> um, well, that's more because I just... Uh, I have a bit of an affliction where if a thing needs doing, I just sort of step up and do it. Oh, you're one of my people. I love it. <laughs> Hence why um, I'm a league coordinator and now doing a ladies podcast. <laughs> Right? It's like you just sort of one day you wake up and you're like, How how did I get here? Um so Kayla Greet uh started Babes in Pinland in gosh, I made notes, I promise, and then I misplaced them. <laughs> but I'm gonna do some, some quick math here. Gotta say it's November 2013. I, I wanted to say it was 2013 because I did a little bit of uh, digging on on you guys <laughs> and I was like I think it's 2013. Oh, yeah. I want to say it because I might I, be wrong. So. No, I'm that sounds right. That feels right. November 2013. Um, and it started mostly because there was already an annual tournament, uh, Shorty's annual powder puff. Right. That's been going on for much longer. I think since. 2009? Oh, wow. Maybe? I mean, like, my research would have to, like, dive very deep into the Skillshot Facebook page. Because <laughs> um, that was right around when they started as well. But um, it's been going on a long time, and that was sort of the women's event. Um, you know, I've heard a lot about it. So. It was, like, m yes, it was a tournament, but it was also mostly a party. Uh, <laughs> Those costume are the best contest, <laughs> right? It's just it's always it always had a theme. 
Um, it was like a very extended bracket format, so it was like an all-day affair. Um, there was always big raffle prizes, um, that kind of thing. But that was like the only one. And I believe Adabal approached Kayla about a partnership on running something more regularly because once a year is, is fun and all, but um, I think she toyed with the idea of doing a weekly and decided that wouldn't necessarily be the easiest, right. especially when you're growing. Yeah. It's like when you've got a firm dozen weekly seems like a big commitment. So monthly was settled on. So it's every first Thursday, uh, 8 PM. It's funny because even before the tournament had a name officially, Adabal commissioned a hand-lettered sign that still sits above the main quarter dispenser. It says, ladies only tournament, 8 p.m. first Thursdays. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so she ran it pretty much on her own for um, the first three and a half years of its, of its run. And um, just a series of circumstances uh, and general fatigue. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, And she was moving um, far enough away without a car that it was going to be tricky and was looking for someone to take it over temporarily. And at the time we were using um, Bracalope, Mm -hmm. um, not match play, and that has to be run on iOS. Ugh, I was yeah. like, well, I have I have an iPad. I don't really use it for much, but um, yeah. I could do this. I've never run a tournament before, <laughs> but uh, this will probably be fine. And it was mostly fine. I, <laughs> I ran into a couple issues, um, got a couple strikes wrong, because at the time I was still like, maybe if I'm being generous, like six months into my pinball career. <laughs> so I was still learning people's names, um, getting my, getting my act together. But, um, enthusiasm goes a long way. I think Yes, it does. with these kinds of things, <laughs> it's just like, uh, it all works out in the end. So, um, ran it relatively smoothly, figured out how to fudge it. Um, if you get a strike wrong, um, uh, learned a lot. Um, and it's sort of gone from there. Uh, it turned into more of a permanent gig. Uh, <laughs> it always works out that way, doesn't it? <laughs> well, because I, um, I absolutely fell in love with it. I consider myself to be pretty introverted, but like, there's a switch that gets flipped when I'm hosting an event that I'm just, I have unlimited energy for, um, for all these amazing women and the new folks that they bring in. It's like I want this to be the most fun you have all month and I'll sit down later. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's it, not, I, it's not important. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely, you know, I, and I'm an extrovert, but even then it's like, I want to make sure that whoever shows up to our events and like the main thing, the most important thing is for you to have fun. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I promise, like, just have a good time. Don't worry about it. Cause they get all, as soon as I start saying IFPA and rules and you know, there's yeah. a governing body of pinball. They're like, what? I'm like, okay, yeah. no, I'm sorry. That's just me geeking out, but just go play and have fun. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen. I don't to even, me. I don't even bring up IFPA most of the time. Um, it's, it's almost 
reached a level where it's just a social and a mixer and the people who know and care about the rankings know and care about the rankings. And I just like, if people become curious about it later on after they've come to a few tournaments is like, it just sort of comes up organically. Um, it's never really been something that we promote as part of it. Cause it almost right. feels like it, it, as long as you don't talk about it, we can pretend that it's not super competitive, even though the level of play <laughs> in these tournaments <laughs> is bananas. Um, yeah. Like, and, you, and you guys got an amazing <laughs> group of women who play. Like when I, I went to your IFPA profile, I checked it out. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, wow. These are some major events. Cause I just know how, competitive but there's just a lot of pinball talent in the like seattle portland you know that whole pacific northwest Mm -hmm. area so it's always impressive and it was looking at those tournaments and and to me that's just completely amazing i think with that first season of of, that i ran for bells i was a little more concerned because i was just trying to make sure i was doing everything correctly and now this season i'm more like "Eh, let's just have fun you know whatever it'll be fine (laughs) it's like it's okay i'm more concerned now do we have cool t-shirts yeah <laughs> just do fun no. stuff like that but but yeah, no, yeah t-shirts I, I, t-shirts were like top of my list of things <laughs> i wanted to do and it finally it finally coalesced um and i promise i just picked up the the new batch yesterday so i'll have yours in the mail <laughs> pronto because um. i need another pinball shirt because it's like <laughs> ridiculous now i you I mean i had a couple of t-shirts but it was funny when i was in my early 20s i was all with my band t-shirts like just hardcore band t-shirts rock t-shirts whatever and i kind of like phased out of it because i i got like my big girl job as i refer to it as but now that i've going rejoined this hobby all of my t-shirts have come back like tour de force i'm like now this whole section of my closet's like my husband's like, wow, there's a lot of t-shirts. I was like, yeah, but I need more. I was like, anytime I see a cute pinball shirt, I'm like, yep, that's fine. And when I saw the Bays and Pinline one, I was like, that's adorable. It has kitties on it. And plus I'm supporting a, a cool group of chicks. So that was my other thing. It's nice when the money can go back to like the group as opposed to them as just some random guy on Amazon. So that's my, my big deal is like, if a group of ladies wants my money, I was like, sure, here you go. So. I've already made two orders through Jessica on Soft Plunge. Oh my like, gosh, her! Oh, oh yeah. I love all of those shirts. They look so cool. Um, she was actually a big part of how I made this happen. It's like I worked with a local tattoo artist, um, Stephanie Hanlon. Um, she's done a lot of logo work and design of T-shirts for one of the local arcades called Icebox, mm-hmm. and for Grand Champion Games, who's the operator there. And all of them look sick. They look so good. And I was like, I have a weird idea in my head. And I sent her like the world's worst pencil sketch. And I was like, <laughs> this is what's in my brain. Can we make this into a shirt? And she's like, yeah, give me a week. I was like, what? Um, and it turned out like a thousand times cooler than I thought it could. Um, but the inspiration was sort of like a 70s band tee. It has that. Uh, yeah. the, the stern cheetah back glass. Uh, the whole kitty vibe of Attaball. And like from there, it was just like whatever your creative juices are telling you to do. And it just looks so cool. There's like tiny little flippers hidden in the floral motif. Um, it's got the Attaball logo and the Babes logo, but it's like so seamless. Um, yeah. 
I'm blown away. It yeah, no, be it's, it's an amazing looking shirt. I absolutely, it's when I saw it, I was like, this is super cool. And <laughs> again, I was like, I, I need another pinball shirt because I, I just, I need them. I need them all because I need, as I said <laughs> in my last episode, I'm already planned out my outfits for Bat City Open this weekend. I'm like, I already have my shirts planned. And then I was laughing hysterically about uh, the soft plunge shirt that says I love ping pong because that literally oh my happens. God, to me. I love it. It no. So I'm at like we have like a holiday party for like my division. It's like over a hundred people, and my boss goes around and he makes everybody tell something about yourself because we tend to not to come out of our yeah, cubicles. Yeah, it's a nice breaker. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but he comes to me and he's like, Lauren, share something. And I'm like, I play competitive pinball. And he looks at me and he's like you play ping pong and I'm like in front of everybody and like a couple of people knew and they started snickering. I'm like, no, sir, pinball. And I'm like trying to like hit the flipper, my imaginary flippers. He's like, like you're doing the the motion. Yeah. It was like Like, really funny. He's like, not this. And you see him like doing the ping pong motion. And then he's like this and does the flipper motion. Like, yes, sir. That is it. He's like, is that a thing? I'm like, yes, sir. It's a thing. I feel like that should be a shirt. Like it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. But uh, yep. but yeah, no, her her stuff is really great, and and I'm just all about pinball, lady pinball swag. If I can if I can find it, I will definitely support and get that out there. But that is amazing. I'm so excited that that's a really cool story. I like your I like your origin story. That's really that's, <laughs> and I like the the fact that you're so involved because at least I don't feel like I'm the the only person that volunteers for everything. <laughs> right. It's an yeah. It's it's a beautiful curse. Yeah, it is. It totally um, is. <laughs> Let's jump into some pinball news. So first yeah. thing, and I'm going to talk about it because you did bring up kitties. Last call on Batman 66 from Stern. Um, have you played Batman 66? I'm assuming you have. It's one of my favorite games yeah. from, from Stern. I love it. It's uh, I think it's one of the down. Yeah, best things that's come out of Stern in the last like 10 years or so. Um, I'm a fan of the game. I'm not so much a fan of this Catwoman edition because I felt like there could have been more cats. Like I felt like a little let down on the cat part because as soon as I heard there was a Catwoman edition, I was like, I'm all over that. I was like, I might like roll my quarters and, you know, save up for that one. But when I saw I was like, is this put it on the back glass? That's it. No more kitties. <laughs> so I was a little disappointed. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look up a picture of it because... Um I, it's funny, I didn't even know they were re-releasing it yeah, so until, they, like, the um, the pinball podcast covered it. Yeah, so, and, and I, I th- yeah, I was going to say, I've heard, and I agree with Jessica, like, it just needed more cats and, or something, because all they did, for those of you who haven't seen it, I mean, you can Google it, but um, the back glass has Julie Newmar, and it was, that character was played by both Julie Newmar and Eartha Kitt. There's no Eartha Kit anywhere, but maybe that's a licensing thing. I don't know. But it's she, just her on the back glass. Nowhere else. Like, there's nothing else. Like, I'm like, they didn't put her, like, on the sides. They didn't put her, like, more featured. She looks like she's on the back of the, or the side of the back box. Yeah, oh, she's on the side like... of the back box. But I'm, I guess I'm t- the side of the cabinet. Like, I just thought, like, it, they could have just done more. Yeah. Like, I just wanted more cats because I love cats. <laughs> but, oh, 100%. Like, yeah. she could have been lounging. Exactly. She always see her, like, lounging. Like, Everywhere. Like on the side, the whole side, that would have been so cool. Definitely. See, and that's uh. kind of what I was thinking. I'm just, it was just like a kind of a, oh, I missed out a little bit, but yeah. I still love the game. The game's amazing. So they're doing oh, yeah. a last call for that. So if, if you've got deep pocketbooks, not like myself, right. but, but so if, if that's it, if that's your cup of tea, then you might want to, you know, 
pick that up. Uh, Cosmic Carnival is in production. They've actually physically started production on Cosmic Carnival, which I'm really excited about. It looks really cool. I like Dirty, Dirty Donnie's artwork and the pictures I've seen and the concepts I've seen. I, I like it. I did not go to TPF, so I did not get to play the prototypes they have. Um, have you seen any of that? Uh, Maureen? I have not. I have not. Yeah, the artwork is amazing. I mean, I, while I, gameplay and theme are important to me, you know, and art, art's a huge deal to me. Like, a, it can be a game killer because it's like, if I don't really like the art, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to, like, yeah, you know, think about adding this to my, my collection of two. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, the artwork's amazing. You know, I've heard people kind of saying, meh, meh, about the the shot layout for that, but it's, it's nice to see that somebody else is getting into the pinball game. You know, the, I, I'm just a big believer in yeah. the more the merrier, you know, he gives you more options, you know, competition's usually a good thing. So it works out for the consumer. Yeah. The picture I found, um, the art looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, the artwork is very sweet. Yeah. But, I'd be interested to get my, my flipping fingers on one. Yeah. I don't, um, I did get to play Willy Wonka. Oh, Goodness. Uh, um, yeah, they they brought a little cluster of them um, to the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show, and they had them. They come in colors, which I thought was cute, like the the Gobstopper colors. Oh, really? Sort of the yeah. So it, I mean, it's just the the rails and the legs, um, and a lockdown bar. But mm-hmm. like, it's a nice touch, and I will say it's. It's definitely fun and different to flip, and I'm glad that it's a standard width and not the wide body that we're used to seeing. Because those ones, they just don't, I don't feel that connected to the play. It's just too much space. It's just, it's too big. Well, and I'm not that much of a nudger. I'm getting better at it. Um, oh, I, I feel so much better because I'm not a nudger either. <laughs> I like, and I watch people, and I feel like I'm not doing it right. I'm like, I can't. I just, uh, I, I'm trying, <laughs> but I'm just not there yet. But I, I feel better, Marie. You're 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 making me feel good on the inside. <laughs> but I, yeah. I mean, I'm working. I'm working my way up to it. I even tilt sometimes, um, once in a while if I'm feeling extra spicy. But um, <laughs> mostly, what I do is like just sort of frantic tapping. Um, but with a wide body, I feel like it's um, it's so much more difficult to move it oh, yeah. in a meaningful way. Um, but that's just a personal. I mean, I love like um, Bally wide bodies, like the classic um, solid states. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We have an we have an arcade in Seattle that has the full collection of them in a row. Oh wow. Um, we call it affectionately Bally Alley, but the bar is Jupiter. Um, it's located near downtown and every wall is a mural by a local artist. Oh my God. It's just like jaw droppingly beautiful in there. Um, and the whole back room is pinball and, um, they have a couple of stand up arcade games. Um, and they have the new, they have killer queen in the back corner. They've oh, got, nice. uh, they just put in Mario Kart <laughs> and, um, they have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like super bright arcade game in one of the corners, but Bally Alley is like where I gravitate toward. Um, and the, the sort of bookends are Harlem Globetrotters and it was $6 million man. It's 
something else now because that's getting a replacement play field. But you've got Paragon, Future Spa, right? Um, Hot Doggin, Embryon, what a neat and Space Invaders. It's so like to see them all together is yeah. very, um, very bizarre and beautiful. Yeah, because um, I don't, I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. Usually you see like one or two. You know, yeah, at a, at a tournament or something. Somebody's bought in, but never, I've never seen collectively all, all of them together. That's neat. Now, now I've got to put that on my list of things to see. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, one thing I wanted to talk about because this just dropped and it, the, the news was kind of light this week as pinball goes, but this was a huge like game changer Tuesday night. My Facebook feed starts blowing up, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And the news from IFPA, the yeah. dollar. The I dollar. want my $2. That's, just, that's the first thing I think of, just better off dead. <laughs> I want my $2. Um, but I, you know, we ta- in the last episode, I talked about, you know, oh, well, they sent out this email, and they were going to ask what we thought about it. And I was like, oh, okay, so we have time to discuss it as a group and, you know, give input and, you know, maybe chat about it and where we can go. And then, and then I see this on Tuesday. I'm like, well, obviously, they don't care to talk to us. Or they, they already made the decision and just wanted to make us feel better by putting out an email. I, I couldn't decide which. But I'm not angry. I was more and I put my uh, Michaela Maroney meme up there of the like mm, face I'm like mm. yeah I don't I don't like what you it's did. sort of the perfect like picture of, <laughs> of the feeling I feel yeah. but it's it's not I'm not surprised I'm disappointed yeah it's, it's just um it's such a weird thing to talk about because a dollar seems like such a small thing and yeah, it's it, easy it, to feel like um like you're overreacting when you talk about it in a way that's that's um intended to be constructive criticism. Um, I think people just want a little more, a little more transparency about the decision making behind it, because it feels like an arbitrary number executed in an arbitrary way that's being distributed in honestly kind of a bizarre way. Yeah, no, and that that was the perfect word. That was the word. I was like, this is just so arbitrary. (laughs) It just, I, I don't understand. I was I, the more I read, I reread that letter. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I will post a link in the show notes. But it is on the IFPA website, and it's also on the IFPA Facebook page. And it just talks about them instituting the dollar, and then you know why they wanted to institute the dollar, and then you know some options if you couldn't afford the dollar, the ways that you could pay for the dollar. And I'm like, it's not about the dollar. I was like, it's not the dollar. And I completely agree with you. It's like, I, it's a dollar. It's fine. And we, we could find a way to pay for it if we didn't want to have our players pay for it. But it's more of just the way you went about it and then the structure of it. And then I didn't even know this, that there wasn't even, I'm like, why isn't there a woman on the IFPA board? I'm like, shouldn't there be a woman since we do women? Like, you know, you have an entirely woman section. You rank women. I'm like, they're, they're, maybe if you had a woman on the board, maybe we would have felt a little better about all of this. I'm not volunteering. I got enough going on. But right. I, I and, think... Well, and that- the dollar fee for open tournaments, like that was that sort of encapsulated my issues with it because it was announced on April Fool's Day. It was not immediately confirmed to be not a joke. Yeah. And at no point in its in its development and implementation was it posed as like a should we do this to the pinball public. Um, at least I mean this time around, 
Um, I don't know. Every release that the IFPA has put out about a follow-up to the fee, in their eyes, it's a success. I don't understand exactly how that's quantified and, like, what the threshold is. And that's where I was posing to the IFPA on the announcement yeah, I saw that. on their page is I, I would like you to quantify for us what success means. Like what, where's the line of this is worth the additional administrative burden on, on tournament directors who are doing this for free. Uh, at least I am um, to just, drop this on them because for for me um i'm not willing to take that out of the prize pool i'm not going to start charging six dollars entry instead of five yeah like i i want this to have as small of, of an impact on the players as possible so the i've already reached out to our host venue at and they're going to be sponsoring the fee starting 2020 um so that's not a concern if they said no then i would look elsewhere for sponsorship, but the Seattle scene is incredibly supportive of babes and what we do. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that we would have been able to find, um, folks willing to share that burden. Um, it's more that I then have to every month go in and pay through the website and then seek reimbursement from the venue. Like it's these extra steps that's, um, Again, they seem arbitrary. It's like, I'm happy to pay an annual fee based on an estimate of attendance. Right. And then pay the difference at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, I just, it's more that I want to pay it once. I'm not opposed to paying it, per se. Yeah. Um, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I don't, it's, again, it's not the dollar. It's just the way they went about this entire thing and the way it's currently structured. Um, if, yeah. they, if they were to maybe change the structure of it. I think I would have a, a better, you know, warm fuzzy about it, but it just, again, arbitrary. Just seems very arbitrary. I'd like a little more information, and I do think that maybe having a woman on the board would help at least, you know, ha- here's somebody, some input, you know, that you can ask. Yeah. Because I, it, I know because that, it is like, a group Adam of, it is and, a group of men who are yeah. saying we think this is what women's pinball need. Yeah. It, it's like we want it. We're trying to do a good thing. Like I, and I, you know, I know they don't get paid. I know they're doing this like, you know, just like we are, we kind of, they're doing this for the love of the sport. And, but at the same time, you, you you're telling me what I need instead of just asking me what I need. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, that is the the challenge right there. And I, and I think that at least I hope like my, my hope is that uh, there are enough people out there in pinball that want to support women in pinball, but I think they just don't know how to do it. And they're just like, let's try this. Let's do this. And I'm like, well, if you just kind of asked us, we could kind of maybe give you some suggestions on what to do or what not to do. Um, but I just yeah. feel like we just haven't been asked collectively. Right. And at least for me, um, the prize money is always going to be secondary it's um like yeah it would be nice to have something to offset the cost of traveling to these tournaments but that's never been like why i'm in pinball and like as someone who's who's won a fair amount of money from pinball it's 
it's a weird dissonance of like, it's nice. But again, if there were no prizes, if there was no money to win, I would still play. Oh yeah. Um, but because I know I don't, I don't speak for everybody in the community. There's, that's part of the beauty of it is you're always going to have a spectrum of interest. There's people who are only in it for the social aspect. There's people who are only in it to compete and only in it for the points. Um, and it should be a place where everyone can like, regardless of why you're there, have a nice time together in a sportsmanlike way. So the fee sort of brings an awareness to that difference in a weird way. Yeah. Of like, it's forcing leagues to choose one reason to be in the league is like, are you in it for the money and points? If so, we're going to do a fee. If you're in it for the social, cool. We're not going to do the points in the fee, but I can't think of a single league that <laughs> is gonna unified wanna, in that way. Yeah. It, Cause it's just like, you know, then if I break that down for the ladies, cause I, I think I was saying like a third of my, my ladies, my, the third of the women that play with me <laughs> are like, they're not mine, but they're mine. <laughs> um, a third yeah. of them are really interested in the competitive aspect. I, I would probably be the most competitive cause I'm the one that actually travels, you know, started to, <laughs> because yeah. I just have to raise my game and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to start like going places to play so I can get my sad IFPA points. Like <laughs> I was like, I need to climb over 10. <laughs> it was like, so, so my goal, my goal is to make it to the top 100 in the women's, but it, I have a long climb, but about a third of the women we play with are interested in that competitive aspect. The other two thirds are just there to have fun and breaking it all down for them. I just don't feel like we should have like two separate events and two separate fee, yeah. no fee. I'm like, no, it's just too much work. And just, I mean, it's just, I think it just makes a mess of something that should be really simple. Yeah. The open fee had that impact, that stratification impact on the Wednesday night weekly. Um, when I started, it was always between like 30 and 50 players um, every week. And it's, um, I did some number crunching because I can't help myself. <laughs> And there was like, uh, I think it was like 17% drop in attendance when, oh, um, wow. yeah, when the fee was implemented, they dropped endorsement. It was just sort of a no question, like, this isn't something that matters to us, we think. Yeah. And like, even though very, very good players would attend, um, it socially was never, it didn't really seem to be about the ranking, but it had this this sort of thing where it's like, do I want to go back out after work? Uh, well, it's not even for points. I don't know if I want to go this week. And that just right. sort of snowballed. Um, like I stopped going to it mostly because, um, my work schedule changed, but not going to lie. The points had something to do with it. And, um, it's, it's not something that I ever want to see happen to babes because it's just like, it's too special to me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, want I, it to, to change in that way. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, this is, this is happening. Um, I don't know if they're going to make any changes to it or uh, amendments or, you know, maybe take some feedback, but I hope they do. And I, I hope that they 
start to listen to the community of players, competitive players, and may, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll make some modifications to the way it stands right now. Cause the way it stands right now, I'm like, uh, I don't love it. Um, but again, like I said, I know that they, they do this, uh, you know, for free and, but I think that they just need to have uh, more input from people they're making decisions for. Just, just my opinion, my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I consider myself an optimistic person, but I there's also a realistic part of me that doesn't think that any any modifications will be made before it's it's made real. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be positive, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm in your camp. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. It's like yes, hopefully, maybe I don't know. I think but, the most curious moment for me in the conversation that I had with the IFPA page is at one point in their argument, they said we don't really think that the IFPA is like quote that influential in I saw the that. world of competitive pinball, and I was like, Are what? <laughs> It's it is competitive. You, you guys are. Uh. I refer to it as the governing body. You guys are it. You're the Olympics yeah. committee. You're you're it. The, that's yeah. I think you're who we I go to. They, I think when that sinks in, it'll it'll open the door for some more um, input from the community at large of just like where where folks want it to go because it is it is sort of bigger than it's gotten so much bigger than it was originally. Um, and it does have a huge impact on the direction that the community goes, more so than they know. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's definitely a wait and see. And I, I said it last episode, this episode, you know, I feel that like we'll be revisiting this topic quite often here on this show. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, I definitely wanted to get your take on it, especially since I saw your parts of your conversation with the IFPA. Um, but again, I'm, I know we'll revisit this topic for sure as the, the show goes on. One thing I did want to talk to you about, cause I saw in reference, I spend my life on Facebook, obviously. <laughs> it's like so sad. I'm like on Facebook. Um, but I saw that you posted that you got a chance to play Nightmare Castle. And I know that they just rolled out some new code, but I wanted to get your thoughts and like a mini review on, on what you thought of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Oh, absolutely. Um, my friend, John does some pinball streaming once a week from Flip Flip Ding Ding, another one of my favorite venues in Seattle. Um, their games are just in the best shape you could ever imagine on location. And they're such a, they're a, like a family to me. Um, the first league team I played for was at Flip Flip Ding Ding. Anyway, um, they're not always the ones to get the hot new, the hot new hotness, but they got Munster's Ellie and they just got they're Alice Cooper in, and um, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I didn't look at much of the, like, the trailer, the teaser material. I hadn't really seen the um, uh, the reveal, the Twitch reveal, right. when it was originally played at Spooky. Um, and I'm not that familiar with the, with the license. Um, but I gotta say, it's fun. It's really fun. Um... I was a little worried uh, because someone had mentioned to me before I got my hands on it that the shots were really tight. And that's what I'd heard. Um, and it brought to mind um, Houdini. That was the first thing I heard about Houdini before I played it. Um, 
the difference being the geometry of Houdini never really made sense to me. Whereas Alice Cooper's with, you know, some notable differences is kind of a fan layout. Like this is, this is familiar territory. It's got some ramps. It's got some orbits. Um, it's got some shots that feed in very strange ways, but not ways that are particularly, um, uh, unfortunate i guess there yeah. there are sometimes are games where there's like blind shots that feed like into a drain basically and it's like that's not what's happening here but i think my favorite part honestly was the animations on the screen <laughs> like the comic book style of art yeah i'm obsessed with it i just want to keep playing it to see all of these all of these different monster modes and the art like i'm all for the the three-dimensional effect that you see in, like, the Black Knight um, sort of rage right. stuff, like, that's cool in its own way, but this is my jam. This, like, comic book two-dimensional, like, you're, you're fighting monsters, like, that is so cool to me. Yeah, I've only seen videos and, and you know, so I've seen some streams, but I actually haven't had a chance to get my hands on it. So I, I wanted to get your your thoughts on it. And I those are the, some of the same thoughts I've heard. The shots are really tight, but people really love the animation and just the whole um, the IP, which I I kind of like have the, uh, it's another rock pin. I was like, dang it. <laughs> I was like, another old rock pin. That's great. But I mean, it, I, I know like one or two songs from Alice Cooper, give, but though. I feel like they yeah. took it and, and made it fun. Like it's very much a, a spooky kind of thing, but um, mm-hmm. it just looks fun. And, and so I was excited to, to hear your, your viewpoint on it. There's a, a multi-ball lock up at the top. It kind of reminded me of the multi-ball lock on Simpsons Pinball Party. Okay, like yeah. there's a baby, baby flipper, and you sort of shove it up this tiny ramp. Um, <laughs> but when you start that multi-ball, the little monster with, like, hair, it kind of looks like a troll doll, just, like, pops up from behind the castle. And I just started laughing so hard. <laughs> it's, it's so corny. I love it to pieces. Um, and what was I going to say? So... We streamed it, right, on Twitch, and um, something kept happening to Travis, one of the folks that was playing with us, where he was trapped up for multi-ball, one on each flipper, and he hit a very clean left orbit um, from the right flipper, and when it came back down, it slammed off the trough, like it looked like it was going to drain, and just Lazarus very neatly back to the right oh, flipper. Wow. He did it like four more times, and I thought this was an intentional design thing. Um, kind of like uh, Xenon comes to mind. There's yeah. a post that's like virtually in the trough. Yeah. So you're you've got a very high likelihood of getting your ball back. So I was like, this has got to be deliberate because it's so like style points times a thousand. Because <laughs> um, he was just cu- cool as a cucumber on <laughs> on stream. So I got a clip of it and I posted it on Bowen's thread about it. Um. He was talking about his prototype that he has at home, and I was like, hey, got to play it. It was super fun. Check out this sick trick that we're going to be doing all the time. And he, he, um, He's like, technically, it's not supposed to do that, and here's how you <laughs> might tweak it. And so, like, he and the operator are, like, troubleshooting it on the thread, and I'm like, this is, like, this is the best part of having the community uh, so accessible. Of yeah. just, like, you can... You're always connected um, like it's a it's a double edged sword, right? 
Yeah, no, yeah. Um. It's, 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 no, it's so great that, and it's something I've, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, like the double-edged sword. It's, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, I can reach out to these people and talk to them, you know, talk to the designers, talk to the owners, talk to the, you know, game coders, all that. But at the same time, like, it's like you're almost like too close to it. It's like, uh, sometimes I just need to step back just a little, just a little bit, just a little bit, so... Yeah. Like if you're not lucky enough to live in a place like um a place like Seattle or Portland or San Antonio or Houston where there's a community. Right. Like the internet is your community. If it you're is. just the one person with pinball in your town, um you're not isolated. Not truly. So no, yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, things like, you know, the podcast, there's, you know, a plethora of pinball podcasts and, you know, there's the so pinball many. news. And I know I try to listen to a, a good <laughs> portion of them, but then I'm just like, oh, all of us are talking about the same stuff. <laughs> so so I, I do have my few favorites, but, you know, I'm reading pinball news. I'm following pin, pin, pinball on Facebook and on Instagram. I'm like. Oh my God. Sometimes I'm like, I need to just see like posts on cats or dogs <laughs> just, or just yeah. read something that's not pinball related. Um, but no, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get a chance to play Alice Cooper's nightmare castle. I don't know anybody here in San Antonio that has one yet. We don't have one at our location, but I definitely going to try to play one. Um, I'm hoping maybe this weekend. I don't know if anybody in Austin is going to have one, but I'm going to try to play that when I get a chance. I'm very excited about it. Yay. So we're kind of coming towards the end of this show, but I wanted to ask you um, about any kind of local events going on in the Seattle area that you guys have coming up, any kind of tournaments or just anything going on there in, in your hometown. Oh, man. Um, we have tournaments every night of the week, uh, sometimes more than one to choose <laughs> from. Um, we're currently in the off season for our Monday night league. But um, that's always a fun outlet. That'll start up again after um, Labor Day, I believe. So September. Um, but that's, it was based on the, the New York City Pinball League. So it's teams. Ours are teams of 10. We have 26 of them. Oh, my God. Wow. 26 teams. And that's not even counting the people who or sort of career subs. They just sort of hop in <laughs> as needed. Um, yeah, it's so, so cool. And it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things. Um, I was on the board of directors until recently, but um, that's how I met most of the people in pinball was, was through league. Uh, but we got every kind of tournament you want to play. We've got progressive <laughs> tournaments. We got ping golf tournaments. We've got, Split flipper tournaments. It's all on the Skillshot website. Um, our big uh, hurrah, the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show, like we had a series of satellite tournaments leading up to it. It's sort of the the pinnacle of early summer, and then it's a little bit calmer. It, get, it gets kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's most of it. Well, awesome. Well, I, uh, I I know you guys got and there's always stuff. babes. There, there's always babes, of course. <laughs> we had to move it because it was going to be on the 4th of July. It'll be on July 11th is the next one. Um, well, if you're in the Seattle area, yeah. then I would highly recommend somebody somebody dropping in and checking that out. That that would be a lot of fun. And um, so, Maureen, at the end of the show, 
we do because um, mm-hmm. I have to have a segment because I have to be extra. <laughs> um, but we are doing a segment called Inside the Pinball Studio, an homage to the Inside the Actor Studio quiz that was offered at the end of that particular TV show. So I'm going to ask you some pinball-related questions so we can get to know you, the inner Marine, and the inner pinball player. Um, Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, Marine, what game do you love? Oh, gosh. Uh, my go-to answer for this is Circus Voltaire. Nice. Um, they have one at Flip Flip Ding Ding, and I love it to pieces. It's corny. It's bright. Um, it's got some weird shots, and the whole point is to join the circus. Um. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to do that? Circuses are awesome. I, right. Yeah, I mean, it's I just, know. Uh, super fun. Yeah, no, I Raleigh last week was like, I hate Funhouse. I'm like, oh, why do you hate my Funhouse? You have a thing about clowns? I don't know. <laughs> but, I heard but, that segment and I was like, no, Funhouse is the most fun. Yeah, it's a fun game. Uh-huh. I got a special present for her. I'm going to, uh, next show, you'll have to hear oh, about. That sounds medicine. Yeah, yeah I, I got her something Wait, is special. It, is, it one of the, uh, is it one of the soft one? Yes, products? you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Fully approved. Oh my goodness, she's gonna. I know. I I just. I want to give it to her like in a box so I can like take a picture of it. Like when she opens it. (laughs) So okay, but you guys can hear about that next episode. So anyway, uh, sorry, totally tangent there. But uh, all right, Marine, what game do you hate? Um, I think my least favorite games is the tie between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and. Um, uh, the category of games there's hard body and um, Dungeons and Dragons that come to mind you <laughs> you have to press an extra button oh yeah to complete your inlane shot yeah um, on hard body it's called Dungeons and Dragons it's called something I don't know because I try to avoid playing them at all costs <laughs> but um, oh that game makes me absolutely bonkers so that'll be those will be the ones. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. What is your favorite pinball art? Back glass cabinet, whatever. What, what would be your favorite art? Um, the very, f- so babes in Pinland posters. I pull art from classic, usually like seventies Gottlieb machines. Mm-hmm. And the very first one I made, um, I made it by like cutting out and taping it together and then scanning it. I was very, very proud of it, but I used art from the, Playfield of Centigrade 37. Oh, yeah. It's got, like, this very, like, floaty lady face. Um, something about it. I was like, that is so cool. I need that on a poster. Are you talking um, about the, so the blonde lady? Is, it, is that mm-hmm. the one? I think? Yeah, because yeah. they put that on the back of that. Did you see the Marco shirt that they've been kind of? Yes. Yes. That's exactly the that's the, that's yeah. the one. And I used um, the lower Playfield art from that for a different poster. So it's just it's the one I keep coming back to. I've yet to play one. They had one at the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas when we were there for the, the World Championship. And I've been there twice now, and both times it's been turned off. Huh. I'm devastated. Yeah, <laughs> no, that place is day. amazing. I, I went there for the first so time cute. about a month ago. I was like, oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just an endless labyrinth of, yeah. of wonders. Yeah, when I... um. 
I went out there and my family, they were so nice. We were out there for my dad's birthday and yeah, various relatives with me. And I was like, I want to go to the pinball hall of fame. Poor things thought it was an actual museum. And I'm like, oh, and when I, we get there, no. they're like, oh, it's an arcade. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what did you guys think? They're like, oh, we thought we were taking us to a museum where we just looked at stuff. I'm like, first of all, y'all must love me a heck of a lot. Cause even I'd say like, that sounds boring. Right. <laughs> And I was like, no, it's an arcade. And they had everybody had a blast. So, but it was just so funny. I'm like, they're awesome. like, I thought it was a museum. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, uh, back to back to our, our questionnaire. What is your favorite pinball sound? Um, it's gonna have to be. Uh, as far as like a sound effect, it's gonna be the pops on Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, nice. It always makes me giggle. It's eerie, eerie. <laughs> Eerie, eerie. It's just like, and the one that we have has super active pop, so it's just like eerie, eerie, eerie. Um, <laughs> love it to pieces. Uh, as far as like callouts go, um, yeah, this one just for some reason is so hilarious to me. The um, when you get your bonus up to six x on Williams Indiana Jones the Pinball Adventure, uh, it's Marion, <laughs> and she like hollers at you she's like i hate the water and i hate you <laughs> and it gets like every time i hear it it makes me laugh i hate the water and i hate you all right what is your favorite either tournament festival or you know pinball event oh dang i mean is it corny to say babes no uh, it is not <laughs> uh it just is it's my my most most favorite um i look forward to it every month it doesn't matter how tired i am or how fed up i am with work or anything else as soon as i get there it's like a weight is lifted um it is a good feeling yeah it sort of makes me misty every time i think about it but um uh, uh, as far as like major events, I think I went to, I got to go to Pinberg last year. I won't be able to go this year, but, um, as far as like, uh, staggering amounts of pinball, that's going to be at the top of the chart there. <laughs> Just outrageous amounts of playtime and the level of competition. I did extremely poorly, but, oh. um, <laughs> I was just blown away. Um, but yeah. All right. What is your grail pin? If there if there's a pin that either you don't own or you always wanted to own, what is it? So I don't own any pinball. I don't imagine when I could, since I live in a one bedroom apartment. Um, which we do currently have a loner eight ball. Oh, nice. Um, with the local operators, it's um. I love that game quite a bit. The classic eight ball, not eight ball deluxe. Um, but the one that keeps coming back to me, it's not necessarily my most favorite pinball game, but it's the one that I would love to pieces if I found it would again, be Indiana Jones, uh, the pinball adventure, which it's funny saying it out loud. Cause it does surprise me a little, <laughs> that that's the one, but I'm like all the pinball as, like, in the world. That, that's playability, the one. Yeah. That's the one I could play over and over and over and over. Yeah, no, I actually, I adore that game. And I had played it in, in, I went to somebody's house and he has the most amazing collection and he had the beautifully tricked out, 
you know, Indiana Jones. And I'm like, oh, oh, I've nice. heard of this, but I've never played it. And then I played it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in love. So every time I see it, wherever I go, they had it at the, you know, Pinball Hall of Fame. It, you know, I've played it like three or four times since. And every, each time, like, oh, I love this game so much. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's like the epitome of integration of a theme. It's like everything about this game makes sense for the theme. The oh, yeah. sound makes sense. The animations are cool. The the gun launch, the video modes are like they don't seem tacked on. Like it all feeds back into making it just such a cool game. And yeah, the sound effects make me make me very, very happy. Um yeah. I would love to own one. Yeah, no, that 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 is an excellent choice there. I, that is, it is a, it's on my short list. Yeah, I I don't I don't have those those kind of pockets for that one, but someday, no. maybe maybe someday. <laughs> and, and and I neither have the pockets nor the room because I'm kind of in your boat. I'm like I have room for the like two I have, and one of them's not even here right now. So. Which two do you have? I own a uh, Gottlieb uh, Cleopatra, but I own the EM. And I love it. That was the first one I ever bought. And then I just recently acquired, recently, like a couple months ago, um, I got a Bram Stoker's Dracula, which that, oh my that was my grail. That was, that I have two that I, I love Jackbot because the first pinball I ever played was a pinbot. Mm. So, and I, and I have a special mm. love for Jackbot because I feel like it's integrated everything of the pinbot series. I, and you've added mm-hmm. also casino gambling, which also I love. So, but Bram Stoker's, I mean, there's like, the, again, a very great theme integration. And just, I like games that are mean. I just, I, just, I want, yeah. I like Brutal, which is just terrible. <laughs> but the thing that sold me on it, I mean, because I, I had the guy that like takes care of our pins locally. Um, his name is Mike. And Mike had, I had told Mike, I'm like, hey, if you ever get a line on a, a BSD, let me know. And he's like, and, you know, like a week later, I had sent him an ad seeing like a, a BSD. I'm like, I'm like, what do you think about this one? I'm like, I don't know. I, don't, I feel weird about buying pinball machines from strangers. And he's like, actually, I've got a line on one for you. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, it was Barry Ausler's. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm buying the machine from the guy that designed the machine. He's like, yeah, he wants to sell it. And, he, you know, he's upgrading his da da da. I was like, I, I it's mine. Wow. I don't care. And he signed yep. it. And I'm like, I like nerded out about it. I'm like, I have to have it. It's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. And I bought it home. And um, currently it's a long backstory, but we live with our, our in-laws live with us. <laughs> you know, it's just like these sweet, like little, like, you know, church going like lady. And she just like walks up to it. And she's like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Francis, it's a little spooky. She's so sweet. And, um, she, they don't oh, play it, but <laughs> every time, you know, you hear it, like, ah, ah. Like, I was like, right? oh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man, I got to find a way. I really got to get the Bluetooth on this so I can put a head- headset on so they don't oh, have to hear God. all of it. But, yeah. but yeah, that was a... That was my grail pin, and, and yeah, it's just, uh, those are the only two I own right now. But every time I comment, like, I we need to get another one, my husband just makes a face, like, where are we going to put it? I'm like, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. Because like, right now, I really want a Flash Gordon, and I got kind oh, of a line on one. Such a fun game. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I got to play it at the Space City Open, and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I was like, I love this game so much. But the guy who has it right now, he isn't like, I'm like, every time I'm like, hey, so when are you going to sell it? And I get the, well, you know, I'm still like, you know, da, da, da. I, was like, oh, I was like, man. So I think I'm just going to have to like break down and like look at getting another one. But every time I say I'm going to bring home a third machine, I, I get the face from the significant <laughs> other. 
And I, I just and now I've referred to him as the pinball widow. I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I'm like, you, you told me to like go find something <laughs> that interests me, and I did. <laughs> Wait, boy, howdy, did I ever? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, la, got two more questions. Uh, question seven: Who would you most like to play head to head? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I just played her in the the world championship. Um, I just want to play Carrie again. Oh, Carrie Wayne. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was so much fun. I was watching that stream. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's kind of surreal to watch it back um, <laughs> because I it didn't black out per se from stress, but like my perception of how things went, like I in my head, I'm like I'm playing with so much control. I'm cool as a cucumber, <laughs> but like. On the stream, I'm like, oh my gosh, slow down, Maureen. <laughs> you are like, yeah, looking I, like uh, there's no tomorrow. Um, but I am incredibly inspired by her, and I think it would be um, super fun to play against her again. Yeah, no, I, I th- that whole stream, it was great watching you guys compete, and I and I really enjoyed it actually. So I I, I couldn't imagine watching myself back. Like I thank God no one's recording me. Nobody wants to watch me play <laughs> quite yet. <laughs> But it's just like, oh, God, I do not want to watch myself because it's like now. It's a really cool tool. I recommend it. Yeah, if you yeah. have the 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 ability to tape yourself playing at home and watch it back, it's, it's funny because in your head you're like, I watch myself play all the time. Um, but seeing it on, on tape is like, oh, oh you learn is- a lot about your style of play. That, yeah, now, now I'm intrigued now because I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to. But now it's kind of one of those things where if you watch yourself do something, you kind of are able to critique yourself a bit better instead of critiquing yourself in the moment. So that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. You've inspired me, Maureen. I, I may have to go <laughs> go set up a camera. I, I was even talking about getting a rig when I was like hearing that Jack Danger wanted somebody to stream while he was, uh, you know, on a paternity leave, uh, so to speak. But I was like, maybe I'll get a rig. <laughs> All my uh, pinball friends here locally were like, Lauren, you are so down the rabbit hole. It's like, I know. It's like, it's really bad, but, but maybe. There's no end to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really bad. Um, all right. Last question. What is your dream theme? A theme that does not exist currently. What would be your dream theme for a pinball machine? Um, oh man. This is mostly in my head because, um, they're putting out, new episodes soon but um i love veronica mars i think a veronica mars pinball table would be incredible um it's just like it would be a very like noir detective thing and like the 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 music that's so iconic to the show Mm -hmm. like it lends itself really well what's funny is that like the layout that comes to mind as if it were a re-theme but, like, the era of Stern would be sort of the era the show came out in. Um, but one of our locations in Seattle had a 24. Okay. Um, like, it, it's not particularly, it's not necessarily Stern's finest hour. It's not a <laughs> particularly good game. But just the way that the layout is, and, like, in my head, that's what the Veronica Mars table looks like for some reason. But, um... I don't know. It could be fun, especially with like the Jersey Jack camera integration, because she's oh, yeah. such a like a shutterbug. Um, that, that's really cool. I mean, that's 
unexpected, but I can totally see where it could be a pinball game. Like, you know, because yeah. I hear, you know, you hear like kind of the same kind of collective things, but I haven't never had anybody mention Veronica Mars. My best friend's a huge fan of the show. So I, I am well aware of Veronica Mars, but I think it would lend itself mm-hmm. well to a pinball, pinball theme. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, awesome. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I, I really appreciate being here. I appreciate the what you can, you know, give to the community of pinball, not only locally, but, you know, you're so involved in, you know, discussions and things just across the, the entire sport and the hobby. And and I just want to say thank you again for, for all that you do. We, we, everybody really appreciates it. Thanks for having me. And thank you for um, this particular angle on pinball podcast i'm really really excited to see where it goes from here it's just um specifically seeking out women in the hobby and um and taking up the mantle yourself like the pinball podcasts i do listen to um are the ones where women are involved and um that makes me really excited that i've got one more to add to my my listening list Thank you. I appreciate it. It was just one of those things where I was listening to so many of them and I'm like, you know, because we need another. As soon as I said, I want to do a podcast, I got the face from my, my I call my <laughs> pinball husband, the the guy who does like the, the co-ed league. And he's like, well, you know, there actually could be a, a, you know, a niche for that since if you're if you do like, you know, a female angle. And I was like, yeah, that's my plan, because I just felt like there was just. I don't want to say a need, but there, you know, I could maybe fill a space and, you know, be, be part yeah. of the conversation. And, and I'm excited to just do this. And, and this response has been overwhelming. I, I'm, I'm a planner by nature. So I've already got, you know, the, like the next like 10 episodes, you know, people volunteering <laughs> or me, up. me asking and people are just reaching out like, Hey, I want to be on the show. Like, really? Amazing. This is, this is I'm great. so excited. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would encourage anybody who's listening, if you would like to be on the show, don't be shy. Please feel free to email me. I, I would love to have you guys on the show. Or if there's a topic or somebody you think I should talk to or reach out to, tell me that too. I have no problems talking to strangers, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Maureen, where can people find out more about um, Babes in Pinland and about what you guys are doing over there in Seattle? Just one more time. Uh, sure. We've got a Facebook page uh, where all of the events are posted. And... Um, I have an Instagram. Uh, it's just Babes in Pinland, and we have a website. Um, please don't judge me. I'm not a website <laughs> designer, but um, it's got all the relevant info on it, and it's got. Um, we've had a couple of. We've been on a couple of local podcasts, and uh, we were even in the Seattle Times recently, and that's all linked on our media page. Um, if you want to flip through all of our old poster art. That's on there as well. And then definitely check out the the Skillshot Pinball Zine and their website because it is the, the beating heart of Seattle Pinball. Yeah, we'll definitely include that link in the show notes and, and some of the other links you mentioned as well. But uh, again, Maureen, thank you. I hope you'll come back. Uh, I'd love to have you back on the show again sometime. I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a really great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me once again. All right. And that wraps it up, guys, for the Backbox Pinball Podcast. Next week's episode is going to be live from the Bat City Open because that's where I'm heading to this weekend. So it should be a lot of fun. I hope you guys join us. And if you are interested in following us, 
please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, find us on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, CastBox, Google Play, anywhere where you find podcasts, we are there. Please feel free to subscribe. And if you don't think we're terrible, give us a rating so at least people can find us when they, they perform a search and I'm not at like the bottom. <laughs> so, so if you like it, please rate it. And uh, again, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Keep on flipping.